0: Well, good morning, Dunbar Heights. And happy Father's Day. And in honor of Father's Day, I'm going to tell a really bad dad joke. You ready for it? Okay. What is the simplest Bible book to understand? So what is the simplest book of the Bible to understand? Ezekiel. Easy. Oh, I know it's terrible. and I told Pastor Wes, if he wants to edit this out, he totally can edit it out. But as your associate pastor of youth and young adults, it is a gift to me to bring this passage of God's Word to you. And we are in the Sermon on the Mount, as you well know, possibly and likely the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. And we've looked at two very important practices or disciplines in the Christian life this giving or charity, as we've called it, and praying. And these two kind of make sense to us in, in our Christian life. One, to have a heart to give like Jesus, and the other two, to pray like Jesus. But now we come to this next one, fasting, not eating. Well, I can understand if this one isn't actually very popular or even very well understood. So let's take a listen to Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. When you fast... Now, if you're a kid or a young person, you might think, this doesn't really sound like something for me. Or maybe you don't even really know what fasting is. Or you may just think, but I'm just hungry all the time. Or maybe you could think this is associated with body image or mental health. But I want to let you know from the Bible that Jesus is helping us with something far more than being hungry or concerns about our body. Don't worry, Jesus loves food and feasting. Jesus made your body and sees you as beautiful. With fasting, God is giving us a gift that will transform our hearts now and will prepare us for a life in the kingdom Now and forever. So, today we will look at this gift from Jesus in our passage in in three ways. First, defining what Jesus means by fasting. What is fasting? Second, to hear what Jesus teaches about our motivations about fasting. Why fast? Third, the practical side of things. How do we put into practice what Jesus tells us to do? So, first, Fasting. What is fasting? Well, the basic definition of fasting is abstaining from food. In other words, for a certain period of time, not eating. Well, sounds simple enough. But for thousands of years of practice, God has shown us and defined fasting and his reasons for us fasting. God's gift of fasting It's for spiritual purposes. Fasting is an incredible corrective. In fasting, God is teaching us to say no to something we naturally see as good and necessary, like food, so that we can learn to say no to ways in our our hearts lead us away from God. God gives us fasting so that we can prepare for something even better, something that Jesus calls reward. You see, in the story of God's people, recorded in the Bible, we see several different key types of fasting. And I think we can basically narrow it down to three. There's probably some more, but basically narrow it down to three. And one of those ways is fasting to confess and mourn over sin. Fasting can come with mourning and confessing and lamenting and grieving and longing for God to correct our sin. Now, if you've ever become aware of an area of sin in your own life or the impact of sin on this world, it is appropriate to fast. Often, fasting is accompanied by prayer. Fasting is is humbling ourselves before God. Fasting is stopping or abstaining from eating to focus on spiritual food, like hearing the voice of God. Fasting is a gift given by God so that we can Better commit ourselves to him or commit our world into his hands. Jesus says, and when you fast, Jesus' expectation is that we do fast. And when we do fast, it's better to say no to our sin and no to the sin of this world. Let's give a biblical example just so we have our, our feet on the ground here. A great biblical example could be in the book of Daniel. Now, God's people are in exile in Babylon. The Lord has has been raising up Daniel and his friends. You probably know many of the stories there to important positions in this empire. Now, Daniel sees his own people in this terrible situation scattered around the world and not able to worship the Lord their God in the temple. And listen to what Daniel says. Chapter 9, verse 3. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes, which is a practice of fasting. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession saying, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments, We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Daniel is showing us that fasting and prayer, humbling himself before God, he confesses sin and rebellion against God and turning away from God and his word. Now, if you know the story, Daniel's prayer and fasting is answered, that he is loved, that he has been heard, and so many more, beautiful and powerful encounters as well. Another way the Bible teaches us about fasting is petition or asking God. So this other way of defining biblical fasting would be a way of crying out to God for something, asking God, petition. And as we have said, Fasting is humbling ourselves before God. Fasting is stopping or abstaining from eating food to focus on spiritual food, like the voice of God. Fasting, in this case, is helping us to bring to God something that seems too big, something that seems too much for us. Now, a really good example of this would be Queen Esther. Now, Queen Esther, when the people of God the Jews were threatened with death all throughout the Persian Empire, there seemed nothing they could do. And with extraordinary courage and humility before God, Esther joins with Mordecai and the people in prayer and fasting. Esther chapter 4, starting at verse 15, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. It's Powerful stuff. And if you know the story, God brings great reversal, and the king even uses, uh, and he, God even uses the king of Persia to rescue his people. So that's another one. So petition, ask it. Another way that the Bible describes fasting is under the idea of self-discipline, self-discipline. Now, fasting is this regular practice of the Christian life. That's what Jesus is saying. It's this regular practice of the Christian life. It is a discipline, like athletes training their bodies. Fasting is one of the disciplines of the Christian to bring us closer to God, not just once, but over and over and over again practicing healthy spiritual activity. Charity and prayer and worship are other important disciplines, but so is fasting. Fasting, again, is humbling ourselves before God. Fasting is stopping or abstaining from eating food to focus on spiritual food, like hearing the voice of God. Fasting is also self-discipline. Regularly practicing a no, even to things we need, like food, to be able to say no to the things that displease God. A biblical example from this, I love the way the Apostle Paul uses a language of this self-discipline to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians. And if you know the, the Corinthians, they are quite undisciplined. And so here's what Paul says to them, be like an athlete, a spiritual athlete. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 24, do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, like, like a trophy, but we an imperishable, like eternal life. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Paulus is concerned with the whole person, the whole person, both the spiritual and physical and how they're interconnected. So fasting is a way, as a way of disciplining the body that reflects our spiritual discipline. Now before we move on to Jesus teaching on why we fast, I wanna end with this thought. And again, fasting is a gift from God. Fasting isn't just some practice we would do because God wants us to suffer or follow some sort of strange Bible diet. No, fasting is a practice that God gives his people to humble ourselves, to cry out to him, humble ourselves and ask for his help, humble ourselves to simply practice knowing that he is God and we are not. And humble ourselves to saying no, even to the good things in this world, to know and love him more. So yes, fasting is a gift from God. But what kind of gift is it? Why should we want this gift? Why should we fast? As we look at our passage, Jesus gets to the heart of why we fast and corrects our motivations of fasting. And he starts with what I'll call mixed motivations. Starting at uh, verse 16 in Matthew 6. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Again, like in the previous two passages on charity and prayer, Jesus highlights these hypocrites, telling us that the Christians are not two faced or pretending to focus on God when we give or we pray or now fast. Now, Pastor West has pointed out that when we focus, when our focus is on showing off or our giving or our fancy prayers to others, we, we get their applause, but we totally miss the point. Jesus says that when we call attention to ourselves in fasting, we may please ourselves, we may please others, but we don't please God. The point Jesus is making here is that mixed motivations are just dead wrong in fasting. Looking like you're suffering with your your fasting or disfiguring your face or making this sulky look or messy look calculated for sympathy impresses maybe a few people, but that's all you're going to get. Your audience might be impressed, but this actually grieves God. And what it looks like is performance, doesn't it? Earning something, earning this favor and that's exhausting, and that's not what Jesus is saying here at all. He doesn't want that for us. But you might think, fasting is really hard, and I'm super hungry. can I just let some people in on my story here? You know, maybe a little Instagram picture, or a little TikTok this, or a Facebook that. Now, now just to pause for a moment... Do we understand what Jesus is actually correcting here? Maybe, maybe just our young people for a moment. Have you ever, for example, maybe faked being sick? You know, just to get out of something? Ferris Bueller kind of thing? Is that just me? Is it just me? No? No? Or, or maybe you've, you've really wanted someone to, to notice you. See, so you, you kind of calculated just right your, your entrance or just what you say Made, you know, just to be made known about your situation so you can, can get the re- desired response. You know, a little bit of drama. Again, just, just me. Here's what I want to say. Again, that's kind of this performance. Our motivation is all about the show. And to be honest, all human beings, our, our motivations are going to be mixed. Even as Christians, our, our motivations are mixed. But the heart of what Jesus is saying is, is, is not about just having mixed emotions. It's about our focus. It's about our focus. The performance is on uh, for others, this display, and it's not really revealing our heart. Now, let me just finish this section by looking at maybe one more little little problem with mixed motivation. And it's kind of a, a 2021 unfortunate bonus. Now the term fasting, as most of us kind of know, has been taken kind of out of its faith context and and put much more in this body image context, hasn't it? And I'm tempted to get this mixed up too. I don't know, I don't think I'm the only one who's challenged by, by fasting and being seen somehow. I know Jesus isn't talking at all about body image, but talking about myself, as someone who's tried to be an athlete since my teens, I've tried to look, you know, fit and, and ripped, as you can, as you can well tell right now. Uh, I know about intermittent fasting and special diets. You know, I'm, I'm a swimming too, a swimmer too, and I can't really hide that much. I can't wear those cool compression suits to make me look that much more fit. So when I fast, I have to fight thinking that I'm gonna look more fit or be more healthy. I have to fight my self-orientation and my motivation about in myself to look good for me or for others when I fast. Again, Jesus isn't talking about body image or diets or anything remotely like this. But in our modern world, we've been so convinced to try to look a certain way. Again, I want to remind us, Jesus sees you as beautiful, made in the image of God. So, You and I have mixed motivations. We have mixed motivations in so many things, with God, with fasting. What is Jesus teaching us? What is Jesus teaching us? Why fast? What's the motivation Jesus wants for us? If Jesus tells us that mixed motivations of pleasing others, pleasing ourselves, while trying somehow to fast for God, what is the right motivation? Again, Matthew six sixteen, when you fast, do not look somber like as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who, see, who, is, who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The right heart motivation is not towards others, but Godward. The right heart motivation is not towards others, but toward God. Toward God. In these contrasting motivations, we see at least two things. First, who sees? Who's the one who's seeing? And secondly, who's the one who's rewarding? Who sees? Verse 17, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret. God sees what others do not. In the correction, Jesus is basically saying, don't put on a show, but there is something you should do. Wash your face, clean up, be like a normal human being as you practice your faith. He isn't saying being tricky or pretend you're not fasting. No, I actually think he's getting under the motivation, the heart for fasting. He's contrasting this mixed and hypocritical motivation. Jesus is saying that God isn't looking for the outward effects of going without food for a short time. God is looking on your to act on your heart that is readied for Him. Let me repeat that. God is looking to act on your heart, readied for Him. Jesus emphasizes seen and unseen. What your Father in heaven, the one who made you for Himself and loves you, He sees your heart. He sees past all our drama. He knows you, sees your longings, needs, sadness, humbling yourself, even the difficulty of fasting. Our Father wants your fasting to operate in the unseen, hidden language of the heart. That you may put aside the seen and material daily bread that He has given you, and it's good, so don't get that wrong, so that you may know and experience His love and His provision and His presence even more in the quieter places in your heart. Our Father, who is hidden, sees what is hidden in our hearts as we fast. And as we fix our hearts on Him, something happens. Something happens. Verse 17, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Reward. Reward. Well, is this reward, this, this gift, this reward maybe answers to our prayers and fasting? Yes, perhaps. Is this reward maybe a powerful way forward when we are stuck in, in our sin? Yes, perhaps. Is the reward maybe a, a, a way forward when we are stuck in a big decision? Yes, perhaps. Is the reward maybe a rescue from the bondage of sin? Yes, perhaps. Perhaps. Now, Jesus doesn't seem to share that much detail in this passage on the reward he is talking about. And I think he is intentionally leaving space for the reward, the gift of God, the gift of God in the Holy Spirit, leading us, teaching us, abiding in us. Let's just pause for a moment in this reward. If we trace back Matthew's gospel how we got to our passage today, I hope you will notice that Jesus isn't just sharing some good advice on fasting. No, Jesus is inviting you into His own heart, His own experience in the very thing we are talking about. Listen to these verses in Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1. When Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, after 40 After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, after Jesus' glorious baptism, led by the spirit into the desert, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and he fasts, for 40 days and nights, and he is hungry, physically drained, and probably exhausted, hurting. But listen to the strength by the power of the Holy Spirit with a complete God word, motive, and heart. He goes toe to toe with the devil and hammers him back, hammers him back, hammers him back. And he does this by a heart deeply embedded in the word, and in worship, and in prayer. Jesus has practiced this fasting that we're talking about. He has gone before you. You and I can follow him, trusting that he has taken the devil down. And only with the power of the Spirit, you too can overcome temptation. Find the heart of worship of the Father and hold fast to him. So, friends, why do we fast? Well, it's to find our heart focused and fixed and Godward. Now, when we, we go, that seems good, that seems good, but how do we do this? How do we fast? Well, we practice. If we just take a moment to summarize. Jesus expects His disciples, we as Christians, should fast and pray and give this charity. Fasting is a voluntary time of not eating so that we can grow closer to God. Fasting with mixed motivation to be seen by others only pleases people, not God. But fasting with a Godward heart, following Jesus to be seen by God, is so rewarding. So how do we practice or begin to practice fasting like Jesus? How do we do that? Let me share just a couple of things that I think shall be helpful. Fasting should be a habit or habitual. It should be a regular thing that we do. Fasting can seem so overwhelming at first, especially if we aren't used to it. The reality is that that food is so important in so many cultures, including so many here in Vancouver. I even had a friend tell me this week that that food and eating are kind of his idol. It seems so hard not to eat a meal. But maybe fasting is the way to actually break this bond in our lives. Get in the practice. Jesus is saying it should look normal for us as Christians to fast. Friends, maybe start small. Maybe start by fasting a meal or even just dessert. And as you normalize fasting in your life, you can increase it. Make it regular. Maybe start fasting once a week. And and just like Jesus is doing in in this chapter in Matthew, fast alongside other spiritual disciplines, practices like prayer and worship and and community and, and reading your Bible. Now, again, if there are some serious food issues, or even mental health issues, there are other options. Fasting is saying no to something you have in your life that you are kind of in need of or maybe kind of obsessed with. Maybe just stop it or or just cease doing it for a short time. It is exactly like fasting. Can you maybe miss a sport practice or a game? Can you maybe take the night off from meetings? Maybe can you give up studying for a day so that you can spend more heart time with your Father in heaven. Another thing I would say on how to fast is seek opportunities, seek opportunities. Where do you need to go deeper with God? Just like in the biblical examples of fasting, what places of brokenness within you and within this world can you fast and pray and mourn about? Perhaps this whole residential school situation is just grieving your heart. It is appropriate to fast and pray about that. Perhaps there's an area in your life that's stuck. Maybe it's it's pornography, or maybe it's an issue of of emotions, like you're really angry. It's appropriate to fast. Seek out those opportunities. Maybe think of some of the big decisions that maybe are too overwhelming for you. Fast and pray about those and petition or ask your heavenly Father. Now, here's another possibility, I like this. Do you want to relate to those around the world who are suffering, who are struggling, especially those who are poor and needy? Maybe you see an injustice here. Perhaps you can fast and pray for them, and you can find a connection with their situation. The Lord loves and cares for the poor you can find some spiritual solidarity with them as you pray and fast. And this uh, next suggestion relates to what Jesus himself did before he began his public ministry to bring the good news of the kingdom. Just think about what did Jesus do to prepare himself to go to the cross for you and me? Well, before he began his public ministry, Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for mission. Can you fast and prepare your own heart to follow Jesus into the mission He is calling you? To love others around you and to serve them and to bring the good news to everyone He is calling you to bring the good news to. Now, may I say a special word to the fathers today, This is Father's Day. Love and appreciation for you. Oh, and as a foster parent, I just see the impact of, of, of the missing father in so many kids' lives. And I just want to say, your spiritual and your fatherly love over your children is so deeply beautiful. So I, I really pray that you are encouraged as fathers today. But may I ask a few questions in the light of our message today. Are you fasting and praying for your kids, for your wife? Are you? Are you leading the way that these kids would be young people who know their heavenly father? Are you following Jesus in his heart for mission and leading your kids to know him? That's just an encouragement to our dads, to all of us, but a special encouragement to dads on Father's Day. Now, friends, let's end where we began. Our Heavenly Father is giving us a gift in fasting. He is leading us to humble ourselves, to trust that He is infinitely more important than even the good things He gives, like our daily bread. He is giving us the gift of seeing us deeply and loving us and pouring out reward into our hearts and preparing us for a time where there will be no need for fasting, only feasting when Jesus comes again. Amen. Let me just end uh, with a little bit more of a, maybe not as traditional a blessing, but I just want to read over you uh, these amazing uh, words from Uh, the Beatitudes, that reflect exactly what Jesus is saying is our reward. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Amen.